if I could sing, I'd want to sing like them. Amen? <laughs> and I can sing, but I can sing solo. I always joke with you, right? Solo, nobody can hear me. Or tenor. I can sing tenor, 10 or 15 miles away. I make a joyful noise. Are y'all alive today? I heard the Lord this morning as when, when we first walked in. When we first walked in, it was like, I don't know, quarter after nine or something like that. And it was like the Lord said, today's a test. And I'm going to tell you, you passed the test today. So turn to the neighbor next to you and say, you just passed the test. You just passed the test. You got an A. You got a star. You got a sticker. You got whatever it is that you get. But here's what I want you to understand. That test is sometimes it's easier just to stay home on a cold day. And instead of coming to hear what the Lord has for you. And I am so blessed and so honored to be able to be here today. I don't know, last week we were gone, but I'm telling you, Tatum Marlat, the word that you delivered was absolutely amazing. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. And listen, if you didn't hear it or weren't able to hear it or, um, or you missed it, but I guess we can go, you can go on Facebook, right, and you can, you can find it. Search Living Word Fellowship Church or whatever, and I think you can pull that up and you can listen to it because it was, it was spot on. It was spot on, Tatum. It was, it was really, really amazing. Because one of the things that I have been doing, have been, it's been stirring in me for a long time, is, is, is goes along with the wilderness. And I know you talked a little bit about the tools for survival. And she did an amazing job of the comparison of Exodus and Matthew and, and how the Israelites were, were walking through some stuff and how you saw Jesus walking through some stuff. And, and with their time in the wilderness, everybody say wilderness. She talked a little bit about the survival tools that you have, and, and discipline was one of those, and worship was one of those, and trust. Everybody say trust. And they also she talked about the four promises that God has in the wilderness itself, the four promises. And that when, the, when you're in that wilderness, you've got to know that God has a promise of direction. God also has a promise of protection. God also has a promise of provision, and God also has a problem, a promise of substance, sustenance, sustenance. And, and as, as, as we were listening, we were traveling and we were able to listen while we were traveling along. Isn't technology amazing nowadays? I mean, technology is just, just really amazing. I mean, you can, you can hear all sorts of stuff. You can listen to stuff. You can see stuff. You can read stuff. The other day, I was, I was like, you know, I need a light bulb for my, for my truck. And I thought, I need to take it in and have it done. And it would cost $100 probably just to have a light bulb. So I got on YouTube, Dwayne. And I Googled it and I YouTubed it. And I went down and spent $18 and got my light bulb for my truck and, and took about maybe 30 minutes but I took it all apart and put and put the bulb in myself and guess what put it back together and turn on the truck and the light bulb worked $18 I mean just by finding out for the for the, the YouTube the the video I mean if you're wanting to do something or learn something it's there you can do it so we were talking about Tatum last week was talking about uh, the wilderness have you guys been in a wilderness? We all have. It's one thing, if anything, we've got in common, we've been in the wilderness. 
you either have been in the wilderness, you've come out of the wilderness, or you're getting ready to go into the wilderness. And there are some times in our lives that we go through that. So uh, for, for about a year and a half ago, there were some things beginning to stir within me, and I love the life of David. And, and there were some things that you have to realize that when you are in the wilderness, I don't think we need to fear it. We don't need to fear the wilderness. Is it lonely? Yes. Can there be some other things that you have to deal with? Yes. But God's wanting to work in that. And in the wilderness, in order to come out of the wilderness, listen, you have to have encouragement. Encouragement. In the wilderness, you have to have encouragement. And, and as I've been thinking about this, and today I want to talk a little bit about strengthening yourself in the Lord. Because when we're in the wilderness, how many of you know, there's sometimes there's not people that will encourage you. And if you're in the wilderness, you've got to remember that there are people that just want you to stay in the wilderness. And they may not be the people that you need to talk to because they're not going to encourage you. In fact, they're going to, they're going to make it even worse for you. So if we're going to be in the wilderness, we've got to realize that during the wilderness times, not only what Tatum had talked about was we need to be able to have discipline and worship and trust. But I'm going to add to that and say we need to be able to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Because there's sometimes that only you can strengthen you. There's times in our lives where we're alone in the wilderness or we think we're alone. And we forget about the fact that Jesus said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And it's me encouraging myself. Because we're stuck in the wilderness and we see no way out and there's times where we begin to look at it and go, I don't even know if I can see the next day or the next hour or the next minute because when you're in the wilderness, come on, I'm just talking to the folk that have been through a wilderness time before and have been able to come out. And, and there are times and seasons in our lives where we begin to step into that wilderness or the Spirit of God like He led Jesus into the wilderness because there was a preparation time. There was something that was taking place. There was something that had to be worked through Bill Johnson says this about the wilderness, and he says it about strengthening yourselves in the Lord. That as you strengthen yourself in the Lord, he said, it's a key to promotion. You strengthening yourself in the Lord is a key to promotion in our lives. It's what turned David's darkest hour into the back door of the throne room. It'll do the same for you. When we begin to learn how to strengthen ourselves, I believe we'll be able to reach our destiny. I believe that we'll be able to fulfill our God dream or our God-born dreams that God's put on the inside of us. And I think we can become the person that can accurately represent Jesus or re-present Jesus to the world. There's a lot of people that 
present Jesus and you and I know that that's not the Jesus we know. When we're in that wilderness, we're in that time, we strengthen ourselves in the Lord and God does some things within us and all of a sudden there's those things that he works out of us or, or the testing that goes through that we've, we're able to pass the test like you've passed the test this morning and, and we get to represent Jesus in the world. We are the, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is within us. And we represent Jesus to the world. So a lot of people only that what they know of Jesus is what you show them of Jesus. And there are times where even as we're being transformed in the image and the likeness of God that we go through this wilderness time. Come on guys. We've all been through this wilderness time. But it's a key to promotion. If we knew that it was a key to promotion, if we knew that what we were going through was really about promoting us, so over the next few weeks, I've got an assignment for you. This is not a suggestion. I need you to do it. First Samuel and Second Samuel, I want you to read it. And I want you to read it. You've got time to read it. If you can't read it, put it on play. Get it on your, on your iPhone and play the, the, the scriptures. I, I, I fell asleep in the Lord playing that on my iPhone. And I woke up and it was, I was in 2 Samuel because I started out in 1 Samuel. And, and you know, how many of you know when you're asleep, you're, 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 you're still hearing? You're still taking some things in. And, and I began to start looking at it because I want us to begin to look at David. So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk a little bit about David. What are we going to talk about for the next few weeks? Everybody, what? David, I want you to know about David. I want you to hear about it. This is not a, 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 a made-up fake story. This is a real deal. David was a real person. He did live on this earth. The Bible talks a little bit about David, and, and David was not a perfect person, just like we're not perfect people. But we're going to look at some different aspects of David's life, and I want you to be familiar with it. Because there were times where David was in the wilderness. And there were times where what, it gives us a showing of, of what to do. So let me give you a couple of things. There's some primary aspects of David's life I want to give to you. First of all, he was anointed king. Everybody say king. Now he was anointed king. And you can find that in 1 Samuel 27. When he was anointed king, how many of you know nobody was looking? Samuel was instructed by the Lord that Saul was not going to be king any longer and to anoint, to go to Jesse's house. And Jesse had many children, the sons, and he went through all of these ones and some looked good and some was tall and some were fit. And you know what I mean? All these things that we would think about today, oh, we want to put them on Facebook because they look like an influencer. And, and they'll, they'll, other people will follow them because of what they look like. And, and, and how many of you know God doesn't operate that way? He can, but he doesn't. And he didn't in this case. And Samuel was, was talking to, to Jesse, and, he, and it was like, not him, not him, not him, not him. Is there, is there any others? And David wasn't even there. Can you imagine Somebody comes to your house and is going to anoint your, one of your children to be 
the king of Israel and you're the youngest one and you aren't even invited. You're not even invited. I don't know how David felt about that, but I know how we would feel about it. I wouldn't feel too happy. I'm like, you invited everybody else. Why didn't I get a chance? And, and Samuel, because the Spirit of the Lord was on him, and, and, and he said, well, isn't there another one? And he said, yeah, you know, David, but he's probably not going to meet the standards. But David was taking care of the sheep, and he was hidden. And when nobody was looking, he was worshiping the Lord. Oh, come on, somebody. It's one thing to come in here and raise your hands. But what about when things aren't going your way? And it's hard to put your hand up because you're just mad at God or your things are upset in your life and you're spiraling down and you're in this wilderness time and you're like, God, I don't even like you, let alone worship you. Am I speaking truth this morning? Because we got to get to that place where, like David, it was like, hey, I'm out here by myself or, or lonely. Or the the fam, rest of the family's not helping me take care of the sheep. I'm taking care of it, but I'm going to worship the Lord in the midst of this. Oh, come on. This is, we got to take this and bring it to our lives today and say, wait a minute. There's some things I'm going through, but while I'm going through it, i got to worship the Lord. Some of the things that have happened to the, the, the church building over there, it's not our fault. It's not our fault, but there's some issues that we're dealing with and some circumstances that we've got to walk through. That's like, God, it's not my fault. But yet it doesn't matter because while we're in the wilderness on this thing, we're going to continue to worship the Lord. Can I get an amen? So he was, he, he was first when nobody was looking. He was, he was worshiping God. He, he had a heart that, that was for God, and he was pouring out his heart to God in worship. And I'm here to tell you there's one thing I can learn from this as he was anointed king. When he was anointed king, he didn't operate as a king. He was anointed king, some say 16, 17 years old. What about if you were anointed as a king? Right? And would you operate as a king if you were anointed as a king today? He, he, he didn't operate as a king. But he was anointed as king. How many of you know there are some destinies and things that God anoints us for that it may be 10 years before you walk into that and fulfill that? Can I get an amen? So that's what happened with David. So when you're reading First and Second Samuel, you've got to keep in mind that when David was anointed as a king, he didn't step in and operate as a king. Not then. Not yet. It was 10 to 12 years later. We'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. That he began to operate as a king, but David was pouring some out, himself out as worship to God. With nobody around, he was pursuing God. Are you pursuing God when nobody's around? Sometimes the true test is when you're by yourself in a hotel room in another city or another state. And are you worshiping the Lord? David was motivated, motivated by his desire to know God personally. I don't want you just to know of God. Kale, I want you to know God. I want you to have an experience with God. I want you to have a relationship with, trust me, I know Shelly. And she knows me better than anybody in here. She can push a button if she needs to push a button. Can I get an amen? 
I can push a button if I need to push a button, but I don't have to push a button because I love and I honor and I respect her and I have a relationship with her personally. David had a relationship with the Lord and, and he wanted to be intimate and he, and he wanted to be personal about it. See, what you guys don't really understand was this was different than worship was at that time. Because back in David's day when he was seeking God, the worship to God was sacrificing an animal. It wasn't about this. It was about bringing an animal to sacrifice. That was your act of worship. So we've fast-forwarded. And now our worship to God is not bringing in an animal, praise God. If you would read about the priestly duties, I didn't even want to do that. That would be a butcher, you know what I mean? It would be all day long and, and, and taking care of all that. Now we don't have to bring an animal, Lenny. We don't have to bring an animal. We bring our heart in worship. So David was willing to bring his heart in worship, and he wasn't concerned about bringing the animal to worship because his worship was different in that day than what they were worshiping. Their worship was making that sacrifice to God. David's worship was different. We've not really thought about that. It was our hearts. It was David's heart. It's his heart that led him beyond the letter of the law. It was his heart that said, I'm going past but bringing an animal to sacrifice for God, and I'm bringing him this heart as worship. And that brought him to the place where wasn't David called a man after God's own heart? Sure. Acts chapter 13, 22, it talks about David was a man after God's own heart. And here he was in the wilderness taking care of the sheep. Here he was, and then all of a sudden he was brought out and he was anointed king. So remember, the first thing was he was anointed as a king. That was the first time he was anointed because he was anointed other times to be a king. Number two, everybody say number two. David's battle with the lion and the bear revealed his heart for God because he relied completely on God for the victory. Let me say it again. David's battle with the lion and the bear revealed his heart for God because he relied completely on God for victory. We will have victory concerning the building because we're relying completely on God. No, no, you, you, everything has been stripped away. And this is where it is. And it's raw. And it's real. And there's uncertainty. We're not sure about destiny and we don't feel like we have a victory. And we, we see David the first time of... Uh, of, of him being able to young, 17 years old, 18 years old, 16 years old, whatever. And, and, and all of a sudden his brothers are, are what? They're at war. And, 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 he, and he comes out and they're at war with the Philistines. And David comes in and he, he what? We know about the Goliath, right? We know when he killed Goliath. We know that he had said, I killed the bear and I killed the lion. And, 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 and I can kill this uncircumcised Philistine. So we begin to see that his trust. David's trust was in the Lord that the Lord would change circumstances. Ooh, did you hear that? 
His trust was in the Lord that the Lord would change the circumstances. A lot of times, folks, we try to change the circumstances ourselves, and we got to rely and trust upon the Lord to change those circumstances, even in the middle of the wilderness. Come on, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen out there because when we are trusting the Lord, our circumstances will change. Or he'll change your attitude toward those circumstances. Woo! <laughs> He'll change your attitude towards the circumstances. So all of a sudden, when you look to think it's impossible, then you can say, wait a minute, I am trusting in the Lord. And I think the word of God says all things are possible to him that believe. That I can overcome this sickness. I can overcome this disease. I can overcome this situation in my life. And that bear and that lion had to go. And I took them out. And I can take out this uncircumcised Philistine also. Can I get an amen? So he says the battle, the lion and the bear revealed his heart for God because what? He relied completely on the victory. Are we relying completely on God for the victory? I'm being transparent. There's times where I think we can have a victory, but I think if we do this, this, and this, and this, <laughs> then I think we can make that victory come forth. But when we completely, totally rely upon God, what Tatum talked about last week was, was the trust, and we, we trust God. I know my favorite life verse is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and what? He'll direct your paths. When we trust God with all of our heart, something will change in our circumstances. David had a heart of integrity. He had a heart of integrity. Let me give you some scriptures real quick. 1 Samuel 17, and when you reread it, I hope that you'll, you'll see it again. It says, But David said to Saul, Your servant was tending the father's sheep when a lion and a bear came and took the sheep from the flock. Check it out. I went out after it and attacked it. Rescued the sheep from his mouth. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you got a bear that has got a sheep in his mouth, and guess what, Steve? You get to go pull it out. When we look at this, sometimes like Pastor Sean said, we just kind of do stuff for the routine of it. Let's not do that. Let's look at the Word of God and say, I was thinking, I wonder how big that bear was. What about if it was an 8-foot bear, 8-foot bear, 10-foot size bear? David went out and pulled the sheep out of the mouth. That sheep does not belong to you, Mr. Bear. Give it back. <laughs> And he goes out and he pulls his sheep. I don't know how he did it, but this is what it says. It says, I pulled, I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it rose up against me, I grabbed it by its mane and struck it and killed it. Somebody say, he's a bad dude. Come on, everybody. He's a bad dude. He's a bad, bad man. He grabbed it by its mane, struck it, Bryce. <laughs> Bryce was sharing with us about you and one of the boys were out what, what, hunting hogs, you know, uh, wild hogs. And I'm like, you grabbed that thing and body slammed him. You know, it was like, what? <laughs> that was reminding me of David. I was thinking, man, 
grabbed him by the mane and, and took him down and grabbed it and killed him. Verse 36, 36. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Since he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will save me from this hand of the Philistine. Okay, check this out. Here's David. He comes up. The Philistines. Goliath would step. There was a ravine. And Goliath would step up. And it would be like, I'm the biggest, I'm the baddest. Who is going to take me down? Come on. They were making fun of the Israelites. Who's next? Who wants some of this? Nine, ten foot giant, huge. Who wants some of this? Who wants, who wants this? And they're like, nah, I don't think so. I'm, I think we'll, we'll wait a little bit. And every day they would come out and they would challenge the Israelite army. Every day. Every day. Here comes that big dude again. Here comes that big dude again. I don't know. Is it your turn today? Nah, I ain't doing it. I'm not doing it. David comes out and goes, who is that guy? What's he doing? His victory came from where? From the lion and the bear. And the bear it, came from, it came from God. He said, wait a minute. This guy is, first of all, he's coming against God. He's an uncircumcised Philistine. He isn't even one of us. He doesn't even know God. And in fact, I, I'm going to take him out. And Saul the king. Now you're thinking David is 17, 18 years old. Saul the king's looking at him and David's like, I'm taking him out. Then Saul's like, oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. That's what he said to him. And so Saul said, go and may the Lord be with you. We're talking about wilderness. When you're in the wilderness, there's going to be battles. You won't be in the wilderness and it just be sitting on the couch eating potato chips and drinking Coca-Cola. When you're in the wilderness, there's going to be battles. And those battles do something. Do you know what it does? They strengthen character. David was anointed king, but he wasn't king yet. He'd killed a lion and he'd killed the bear and he'd saved the sheep and He'd protected the flock. He'd done all those things, but yet he wasn't king yet. He goes out there and he sees the uncircumcised Philistine and he's like, I'm taking him out. And the king says, go ahead. May the Lord be with you. I'm wondering if the king turned around and said, watch this, boys. <laughs> Thinking that Goliath was going to take him. David took down Goliath and went over there and cut his head off. Do you know when the victory came and the Israelites saw that, they thought, Woo! Let's go get them, boys! <laughs> let's go get them! And they chased the Philistines. He cut his head off. Can you imagine taking a nine-foot guy and cutting his head off and then taking it? I know this is gross, but it is. He's he taking his head and going, what do you think, Saul? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think he was boastful about it. I think he cut his head off, and I think he might have turned to the next one and said, who's next? And the Philistines took off running. He was confident because he was going to have his victory in the Lord. This is a kid that, that a, young, a young man that took him out and basically saved the nation of Israel. But when he saved the nation of Israel, then jealousy began to come in on Saul. 
because they were starting to sing and they were saying David killed, Saul killed his thousands, David killed his tens of thousands. Jealousy came in Saul's heart and he started pursuing David. Listen, when you go through the wilderness, there's going to be situations that are going to pursue you in the middle of that wilderness. And in those seasons, those seasons of loneliness, those seasons that David had that, that he had to have been lonely, now all of a sudden Saul is, is pursuing him. He's, he's after him. David was, he was led into years of testing that groomed him to handle becoming a king. So we see 17, 18, 19 years old, he, he has the battle with Goliath. Now all of a sudden, 20, 21, 22, he's running from Saul and he's, and, 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 and he's going through some different things that this whole time it was really leading and testing him and bringing him to a place where when he walked in to be as king, he would be who God wanted him to be. Are you in the wilderness? Have you gone through the wilderness? I can look around in this congregation and I can see some families that have gone through the wilderness period. Almost all of you to some extent. David went through that wilderness. He was being groomed for the responsibility of the throne. Unlike Saul. Saul, when he was anointed, he had public victories and he did well. And, 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 but that public victories led to hidden weaknesses in his life. And Saul started to serve the Lord when he was first installed as a king and anointed as a king. And then all of a sudden it led him to disobeying the Lord. He started out honoring God and he was a success. And then his appetite for other things began to bring him down. And, and he started taking the glory for himself and not giving the glory to God. And it led him to disobey the Lord. But not David. Man, unlike Saul, he, he didn't go straight from the pasture to the palace. He didn't go straight from the pasture to the palace. In fact, he went straight from the pasture to, to, to the, the, the battle that was there. And then after that battle, he was being pursued. And he went to the hills here and to there. And, and he went to the land of Judah. And, and, and after 10 to 13 years, it was like he was ready. David, you know what I like about him? He experienced more difficulty, persecution, rejection than any of us ever will. Can you imagine being a 21, 24, 25, whatever it is, and, and you say, I'm running from the, the king that's trying to pursue me, and all of a sudden, he runs into different people that are drug addicts, modern-day vernacular, drug addicts, cast-outs of society, and he says, you're worth something, come and hang with me. You're worth something, you come hang with me. And all of a sudden, he has 400 guys that are following him. 400 people that were cast off, that weren't any good for any other society or anything else, and they're following David, and they, began, they found a leader in him. And it went from 400 to 600. And the years went on, and now he's responsible for feeding the mouths of 400 people. 
600 people. He's all of a sudden a leader, and, 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 he's, and he's got these people that nobody wanted. Nobody wanted these, and he made them into warriors. I believe he made them into those that had a personal relationship with God. And when he was leading them, everything was good. But you know, he, he experienced rejection. Those 600 people rejected him. What? Yeah. He led them into war and battles. When you, when you guys go through and you read about David, they thought David was crazy because David hooked up with the Philistines. In other words, the Philistines and the Amalekites, they didn't get along with each other. And the Philistines were after Israel. Listen, listen. They wanted to wipe out Israel. And David was an Israelite. So he's got his band of guys, right, and, and, and warriors. And they have wives and children. Don't, don't forget about any of that stuff. They have wives and children, and they're there. And, and he hooks up with the Philistines. Long story short, he, he hooks up with the Philistines, and they raid different people, places other than Israel. And the Philistines are going to line up and do war against Israel. And David has done so well for the Philistines that they're like part of them. There's one captain of the Philistine army that is like, David, he's the man. And now they're going to line up as troops, and they want to put David at the back. But some of the Philistine leaders are like, isn't he an Israelite? Yeah, we don't trust him. We don't trust him. He's an Israelite, and he's at the back of our army. The Israelites and the Philistines, I mean, that's, that's like the Hatfields and McCoys. And he's with them. He's with, the, he's with the enemy. He's in the enemy camp. And he was honorable when he was with them. They even gave him a country, a, a land called Ziklag. They said, David, this is for your family, your tribe, your group, your whatever. This is for your 600 plus Ziklag. That's yours. So he goes with the Philistine army, and they start going, and they get closer to do battle with the Israelites. You're going to be able to read about this. This is pretty cool. They go to go do battle with pretty close to the Israelites, and, and they, they go to David, and they're like, hey, we don't need you. The king of the Israelite army is after him. He joins the other team, and now they don't need him. You ever felt like you weren't needed? You ever felt like you weren't wanted? You ever felt like you never had a place to fit in? You ever felt like you didn't know, if God, you were it? And David's going, okay. So they go to return home. They go to return home. I want to get back to my notes because he sought refuge with the Philistines and they didn't want him. Listen, listen. What was it about David that qualified him to become king? What was it about David that qualified him to become king? What brings the moment to God when God says, Okay, you're ready. Okay, you're ready. 
I don't know the answer to that. What was it about David that it brought to the place that God said, okay, you're ready? Was it David's ability to do something in the face of accusation? Was it his ability to stand in the face of adversity? We're all in the wilderness at times in our lives. And there's always going to be adversity. Adversary. There, you have an adversary. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you more life. The devil doesn't want you to move forward. The, the, the forces of, of evil don't want you to move forward. We're in a spiritual battle that takes place. But it's no different than any battle that we've all been in in life. We are, when life, we go from battle to battle to battle. I wish, I, I know the word says you go from faith to faith to faith, glory to glory to glory. But there seems to be times where we just go from battle to battle to battle. What about David in the face of rejection? I don't fit in with the in crowd. And now the out crowd kicked me out. I don't have anywhere to go. The deepest betrayal imaginable, he faced it. He poured his life into these 600 guys. Now he turns around and tells the 600 guys, hey, we got to go home. And listen, he turns and they go home and they get to Ziklag and it isn't there. It's been burned. First Samuel chapter 30. I want to go there. I just want to read you first six verses. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day. So it took them three days to travel from where the Philistines were in order to get back home to Ziklag. The Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and they burned it. They burned it. The good news is they took the children and the wives as hostage, but they burned his city. So here's David out trying to do the best that he can. And now they turn around and they come back. And here, you haven't even got the worst part just because Saul rejected him and then the Philistines rejected him. Now all of a sudden he gets home and he's beginning to look at Ziklag and it's, it's burnt. I, I can't imagine that in my mind. The things that come into my mind are unfathomable about seeing something to that nature. And he looks around and the Bible says and he, they had taken captive those who were there from the small to the great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away. Verse 3, so David and his men came to the city and it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices. I'm going to have Steve come and play for me. They lifted up their voices and wept. Verse 
Have you ever had something that's happened? There's a few in here that I know have been there with us and have walked through something that was so bad that all you could do is weep, right? Because all you could do is weep. I, I got a cell phone. I got my cell phone on a Wednesday morning, and I looked, and there was some missed calls, and one of them was from the chaplain at the police department. said that they, she was at the hospital, and I have a son in the hospital, a grandson. Did he belong to me and told me what his name was? I made a phone call. I tried to call my son. I said, I heard something about a fire. Call me. I can't imagine. I can imagine. I can imagine what David felt like when he got to Ziklag and he looked around and everything was burnt and everybody was gone. And he turned around and the guys were crying. These are warriors. They got physiques like Mario. The warriors. And he looks at them and they're weeping. They weren't just crying. They were weeping. It comes from down inside. And all I could say was, oh God, oh God, oh God. Oh God. David looked at his men and I'm sure he's like, oh God, oh God, oh God. You think about being in the wilderness at a time like this. They were turning on him. They were like, David, it's your fault. David, it's your fault. If you hadn't had us with them stinking Philistines, we wouldn't have come back here. This wouldn't have been done. And everybody, everybody, 600 of them are looking and going, it's yours, David. And then one of them says, get some stones. Get some stones. We're going to take care of David right now. This is what really happened. And David was what? Don't you think he was in the wilderness at that point? He was in the wilderness. Let me get back to the scripture. I know, I know, I got an idea of how David felt. It says they were weeping. I can't read. David's two wives. We aren't even going to unpack that. Abigail, the widow of Nabal, and come out uh, of the Camelot, or Camelot, Camelite had had him. Because the soul of all the people was so grieved that every man for their sons and their daughters. But this is it, guys. This is it. This is the scripture right here. Everything was against David, wasn't it? Everything was against. We, have, we, can't, we can't comprehend the rejection that he felt. The isolation that he felt. That all of this stuff was gone. And it says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. Because when you're in the wilderness, there are people that are going to come to try to strengthen you. It ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. I think it's wonderful. I think it's great. And their hearts are right. And they want to. But there are some times when you're alone and you're feeling lonely and you feel like you're in the wilderness that it's only going to take the strength of God when you strengthen yourself. 
Some of you may have lost a family member. You may have lost a, a job. You may have lost a career. You may have had the death of a best friend or, or bankruptcy or divorce or, or you lost a pet or, you know, faith, you got a fatal diagnosis, whatever it might be, or you've re had rejection for someone. All of this stuff was coming on David at the same time. And the Bible says he strengthened himself in the Lord. In the Lord. When we step through what we step through and we're still stepping through it and it's not easy to this day. I told you, I told you as a church that we love you and we thank you and we appreciate all the, the prayers and we appreciate all the, the food and the financial gifts and, and the physical gifts and the love and the, the admiration and all of that stuff. But there was something that was so deep, that was so hurtful that God had to touch it. And there's others in here that have experienced the same thing, that, that you, 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 you can't get it from somebody else. Come on, somebody. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That you can't get it from somebody else, and it may not have been as difficult as having your family taken from Ziklag, you know what I mean? And, and, and then having 600 guys turn on you and want to stone you. And David says, i got to encourage myself. There's times in our lives where you, you have to encourage you. Because you won't get encouragement from us. Not that we don't want to give it. But it's, there's something there that is like, i got to encourage myself in the Lord. i got to encourage myself in the Lord. I made a phone call and I said, is Shanna at work? And they said, no, I can't tell you. I'm like, what do you mean you can't tell me? They said, it's been a fire and the family is gone. I was on the phone and I was looking at Shelly and I said, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. And all I could do is weep and she just broke down and weep. And I was like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, no, 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 God, no, it can't be right. Wake me up. And it was a time when we were right there weeping and crying and, and it was like it was like the Spirit of God came and it was like, God, you are my ever present help in time of need and I need you, God. You are our strong tower. You are our strong tower, God. You are our strong tower. And there was a moment in there where it was like we gotta encourage ourselves. We gotta encourage ourselves in the Lord. And there's been times after that. David took himself and he, and he said, I got to encourage myself in the Lord. The Bible says he strengthened himself in the Lord. And you know what he did? He called the priest. He said, bring me the ephod. Bring me the priestly garment. Because he, was, he, was he wasn't even anointed as the king of Israel. He was operating as a king of Judah. But he wasn't operating as the king of Israel yet. And, and, he, and, and all of a sudden, it was like, bring me the ephod. God wants to mantle us with an ephod. A priestly garment. He wants to bring that to us. He wants to lay that on us. He wants to cover us. He wants to hide us. He who abides in the shadow of the Almighty, He wants us to abide in His shadow to be there with Him. He want, he, he's, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. 
And, and I can't imagine what was going through David, but it was a wilderness time. Even though there was 600 people getting ready to try to stone him, there was a wilderness time where I'm sure he felt, I'm in the wilderness, got them all alone in here. He got this ephod, and, and I want to encourage you to read the rest, but he was like, it was like, God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And he asked God. Many of us are asking God. Let's ask God. God, what do I do? Well, what do I do, God? What do I do, God? I'm asking God. I'm asking, what do I do on this situation? I'm asking, well, what about this situation? God, what about this situation? We're asking God. He asked him, and he, and he, he, even, he even answered himself. He said, do I, do I pursue them? Do I overtake them? Do I recover all? It's like, I'm going to go get them, God. I'm going to go get them. But I need to know, is that what I need to do, God? Is that what I need to do? And in the wilderness, we need to be asking God. We need to be asking God in the wilderness. And that's what Tatum said. She talked about direction. In the wilderness, we've got to have direction. In the wilderness, we've got to have protection. We've got to have provision. And we've got to have sustenance. And those are the things that she talked about last week, and it, was, it just fired this up within me, is that there are times in our life, no, listen, there's a lot of times in our life that when you're alone and you're by yourself and you think you're lonely and you're in that wilderness time, we just got to seek Him. Seek Him like David. Seek Him with all of our heart. Seek Him with all of our heart. And, and this, is just, this is just, I want you to read the rest because the next few weeks, this is what we're going to focus on. First and second Samuel. We're going to focus on the life of David, but we're going to focus on what do I do when I'm in that place of wilderness and I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. I'll share with you some other testimony of what's taken place in our journey that we were strengthened by the Lord and we're given wisdom what to do. And we begin to step through some of those things. Shelly named it the other day. We were talking about it and it was like, we were frozen in time. When she said that, I was like, that's it. Listen, guys, thank you. Because for 18 months, it's like we were frozen in time. And it's still not easy, and it's still real and raw today. And I didn't do this to, 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 to emotionally bring you to a certain place. I did it because we got to seek God. He's your way. He's going to have victory. You're going to have victory. You're going to have victory. You're going to have victory. We're going to have victory over this. You're going to have victory over the situations that you've gone in, whether you've been divorced, whether you've lost a job, whether you're struggling with issues and your dream is now no longer, or you're just beginning to start fresh again and, and life has thrown you a curve and, and you've had some difficulty. I'm here to tell you that we need to encourage ourselves and encourage ourselves in the Lord. Strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Don't strengthen yourself through a drug or through alcohol or through medication or through, you know, illegal drugs, whatever stuff. Don't, don't do that. David, turn to the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, I want you to turn to God. Turn to God like never before, church. Turn to God. Turn to God like never before. Turn to God. Turn to God. Because what you're going to see is this, this testing that he went through was preparing him for something later on. What we went through, if it's prepared us for this message right here, 
Praise the Lord. Because you've been impacted. You've been encouraged. You've been strengthened. That no matter what you go through, you're going to see David went through some stuff. But he says he was a man after God's own heart. He sees your heart. He sees your heart, Desiree. He sees your heart, Melissa. Winona, he sees your heart. John, he sees your heart. Lori, he sees your heart. He sees your heart. Lupita, he sees your heart. Junior, Jr. he sees your heart, Junior. John, he sees your heart. He, he sees your heart. And you know, the Bible says the heart can be wicked. It can be bad. He sees our heart. Will you stand today and let me pray for you? Because in your wilderness... It's lonely in the wilderness. You can be isolated in the wilderness. You can think you're the only one going through the wilderness. But God's with you. We're praying for you guys. We're praying for... And we're encouraging you. And every Sunday you're going to be encouraged. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be encouraged because that's what we do. I'm an exhorter. I'm like, you can do it. You can get over it. You can get through it. You can learn it. You can grow it. You can do it. Keep stepping forward. Take what God, take, take, take the testing of the Lord or the, the suffering that, said, that Tatum had talked a little bit about and said you take those things as you're walking through it and just know that God's working it out for your good. Romans 8, 28 says he's working it out. He's working it out. He's working it out. God, you're working it out for your people here today. Let me pray for you as a church that God is working those situations out. He's working those circumstances out. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep looking ahead. Don't look behind. Don't get focused on the back. Don't think focus on the past but keep looking forward because God's working it out he's working it out he's working it out he's working it out he's working it out and when you're alone and when you're lonely and when it seems like nobody can reach you and you don't have any place to go you got to encourage yourself in the Lord in the Lord meaning I'll, I'll, I'll unpack that later in the next couple of days in the next couple of weeks I mean and what that's what that's going to be what that's going what's it going to mean what is going to be for us and how we can encourage you, but you encourage yourself in the Lord. Father, today, help our people. Help all the people here, those watching online and be watching in the future, that to know in this wilderness time that you're with us. We aren't alone. We are not alone. You love us and we love you. And there's nothing that can separate us from your love. Nothing. No height, no depth, no width, no breadth, no length, no sin, no sanctification that takes place. It's going to be about your love, God, that you love us. And that we experience that love. And as we listen and reread about David, that we're brought back to, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And we see the times where he called out to you. I think there's like nine or ten times that throughout that you'll read that he calls out to God. He asks God. He asks God. He asks God. He asks God, and, and we're going to hear you. I pray for every year today. 
Just put your hands on your ears, if you will. Just, just touch your ears, that your ears will be open to hear from the Lord. Now touch your mouth, that your, your mouth will be able to speak what God says. And it's life. It's life. It's life. The word is life. Now just touch your eyes, that you'll be able to see what God's doing. In the midst of the wilderness, that he is there with you. And he's not going to leave you. He's not going to get mad and say, hey, you're, you're stuck. I'm going to go. When you get off of this, and then come see me. He's not going to do that. He's there with you. So we just pray for our eyes and we pray for our ears and we pray for our speech today, God. That our words are your word. Let us be encouraged in you as David was encouraged in the Lord. And he says, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to go after pursue and overtake and I'm going to recover it all God let us understand that today as we receive that in Jesus name and everybody said amen listen if you're here today and you don't know Jesus let me introduce them to you if you're here today and you want some prayer requests we prayer we would love to pray for you we dismiss you guys today go forth in his power and his might and jump into second first and second Samuel please and let's gather again together Wednesday or next Sunday morning. God bless you. Have a great afternoon.